Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. Teach us. Not by the wisdom of man, but the Spirit of God. We want to live different than when we came in. We want your presence in this atmosphere of your, in worship, that we can come before you boldly because of the blood. We thank you for the blood. We thank you, Father, that you called us by name. You wrote our names in the Lamb's Book of Life. We get to participate in what you're doing on this earth, that your kingdom come and that your will be done. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome. You can be seated. Amen. Preacher in the house. Kids, you can go now. They're gone. Welcome, everyone, this Sunday. Honored to be with you. I know it's a beautiful day to be at the beach, but you'd rather be here listening to me. I know that. I can see it in your faces. Just uh, for those who are new, welcome to all the churches out there. Um, we have another church service going on downstairs. We will finish before them, so if we don't mind as we're leaving, we get a bit loud, and I'm probably the loudest one here. So, But if we just be weary that um, they're still having their service downstairs and we don't want to upset them, so just, you know, as we leave, we just be careful when we go through their, past their front door. Everyone good? Everyone awesome? Everyone ready? Three people, awesome. So, Hallelujah. Well, I want to speak on today. God's been on my case for a few weeks now. And um, about the great exchange. And I'll explain myself as we go along. And some things I'm going to share, you guys already know. You've heard it from me a million times. Um, I remember, uh, remember sharing this message uh, in, in a previous Bible study uh, ministry that I used to be involved in, and I was sitting there and sharing this message, not this exact message, but on this line, and I went week after week after week, and one guy after it says, which I knew very well, said to me, but I know this, we know this, we hear it every week. I said, well, you know this? He goes, yeah, he goes. And you believe it? He goes, yes. I said, so why are you the first one up for prayer every Sunday? Because it's one thing to know it. It's one thing to believe it. It's one thing to understand it. It's another thing to walk in it. And I'm not putting anyone down who comes up for prayer every week. But what I'm saying is, he was at a place where oh, I've heard this before. But you can never exhaust what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. And the more I study it, the more I find things in there. And I've got to share with you this. Probably two or three major occasions in my Christian walk that really uh, impacted my, I would say, lack of a better word, not my ministry, but my walk with him. There was two th major incidents throughout my years that really impacted me to, to sort of change my direction or, or uh, maybe I didn't know I was going to a different direction, but God just pushed me back into line. One of them was grace. Um, something had happened in, in my world and, and I took it upon myself, uh, this incident that happened and, and 
I felt the fear of the Lord that night after the incident and I had to question myself, was I preaching a false grace? And the incident itself had nothing directly to do with me, but I, it impacted me to a point where, hang on, am I, is the grace message I'm preaching really grace? And that was a major uh, uh, revelation that I got from God. And that was just for me. Just, and I think that was a little bit of redirection in my life. Another one was one day the God was moving powerfully in our ministry. And it still is. But at this particular time, there was an amazing move of God. And, and I'm driving one day and the Holy Spirit spoke to me as clear as I've, I think I've shared this before. And, and, and I was actually questioning God in my mind. Like I was just thinking, man, God's moving mightily and, and the gifts of the Spirit in operation. And I said, Lord, man, the manifestation of the gifts are, are manifesting, not just through me, but through the group. Words of knowledge and casting out devils and all these things. And the Lord spoke to me. I remember, I think I've shared this with you on Victoria Road at the Satellites. And the lights turned red. And as soon as I pulled up, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He says, you can operate in my gifts and still not know me. That put the fear of God in me. Just that comment. You could operate in the gifts, but still not know me. That's a pretty scary thought. So that was another time in my life where I went, whoa. And another time in my life where God basically established me in who I am today. And this is not about ministry or church. It's about Tony. It was about me, how he just anchored me in the finished work of the cross. That what Jesus did on the cross is my anchor, is what I stand on, is who we are, how we live our life for him, through him. And you might say, well, you always believed in the cross. I did. But tonight I want to share just a little nuggets, if I can. I want to, the message is the great exchange, because something was exchanged at the cross. Last week I talked about being established. Rabbi shared Wednesday a very powerful message about the word. How the Holy Spirit was sent to form the word in us, to give us the word. So we can stay on the word. This is interesting that when the Holy Spirit fell on Jesus and stayed. See, the Holy Spirit came upon people throughout Old Testament, but never stayed. We couldn't live inside them for one, but he'd come upon them. He'd work through them, but he could never reside in them. But the only man that it came upon and stayed was Jesus because he was the word. The anointing fell on the word. The Bible says he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. The word of God that became flesh. And if the word's not established in us, and I was sharing this with Rebs this week, we're having a chat, and I remember in that time when God was moving in our ministry, I saw a lot of miracles. So a lot of manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But one thing I did not find that I should have saw more often is stability in the people in, in the people's walk. See, they were getting healed or they were getting touched by the Holy Spirit. They were getting delivered but they'll never been established in fruit and there was no fruit going forward. And that was because of the lack of the word inside them. Lack of being stable enough to sit and be taught by God through the word by the Holy Spirit. And you get that a lot, especially when there's a power gift, someone walks in a, people follow the gifting. This guy's powerful, let's go follow him. Well, this ministry is powerful, let's go follow them. And we get attracted to that. I was, because I wanted God to move. But I realized over a period of time that your life won't be based on an experience. It'll be based on a fundamental faith foundation that you have in your life. So if I don't exchange my life for his, guess what? I'll accept what he's done for me, but I'll never let go of my old life. So I keep trying to walk in the two, and you can't do it. 
So I want to try and establish tonight one of the things that Jesus did on the cross, what he exchanged. If I was to go overseas right now and I've got Aussie dollars, let's say I want to go to America, I'll change my Aussie dollars for American dollars. My money has value, but it has no a value or sorry, has no authority in America. So if I go to someone to get it exchanged, guess what? My money gets exchanged to the value of their currency. True? When I come back, I exchange the American dollars for Aussie dollars. Now, depending on the value, my money might go a long way or might not go very far at all, depending on the value of that country. So if I'm going to America, I'm going to take my money, I'm going to exchange this to American dollars. What's the Australian dollar now? Was that 75 cents? How do you all know? Who's trading here? Yeah. 60, is it? 62. So for every Aussie dollar, to exchange it in America now is 62 cents. Now, the value of that 60 cents is different in America than it is in Australia, but I lose 40 cents. So I've exchanged my value for their value. Are you with me? You see, in the Bible, when it talks about Jesus going to the cross, we talk about that he sh his blood, that song is appropriate for this message. What does that mean that he shed his blood and his blood is applied? What does that mean to you? If I was really to ask you, what does that mean that Jesus shed his blood on the cross? What does that, that really mean to you? What value does that have for you? You see, in the Old Testament, and we're going to touch on it a little bit, when the priest did the sacrifices, there was five offerings they had to give. There was a burnt offering, a grain offering, a peace offering, a purification offering, and the last one was a guilt offering. I want to talk about the guilt offering tonight. Because last week I thought I had sourced out what God wanted me to share, but this week he challenged me to keep going deeper. Because the greatest enemy's tactic is guilt. Because let me ask you a question. You can know all the truths about something, but not believe it because of what situation or what circumstance you're in, what position you're in. Let me say that a better word. I can tell you God loves you all day long, but if there's no receiving mechanism to understand why he loves you, you will not receive it. You can say Jesus died on the cross for me and live like a heathen all your life. You can get baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. You can, you can go to church every week and live like a devil. It doesn't change. It's what I'm willing to exchange to receive. Amen? If I'm willing to go to the cross and bow my knee at the cross and say, Jesus, I accept what you did at the cross, and then I go home as Tony, I have not been exchanged. I've believed, but I have not received. And I live my life. In my guilt, in my shame, trying to make things up. See, there's two things I believe that God removes. He removes the shame and guilt and the judgment against us. A guilt offering is a sin offering. If you see in the Bible, he was offered as a sin offering. It means the guilt offering. Listen to this. Why don't we honor what Jesus did at the cross? You might say to yourself, what do you mean I don't honor it? You see, if I honor something, I'll give weight to that. A person, if I honor someone, I can receive. The Bible says Jesus could not do many miracles in his hometown because they didn't have honor for him. 
See, once you lose honor, when, all, when we become familiar to you, it's all over. You'll never receive anything from us again. When we receive honor for one another, the Bible says, he who receives a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. In other words, if you honor a prophet in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, even if you give him a glass of water, there's a, there's a thing where we, when a prophet comes in, we give him a glass of water because if he receives water, it's like receiving honor to the prophet and you'll receive the, 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 the reward of a prophet. See, at the cross, Jesus went and offered himself as a sacrifice. But let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 and then we'll, we'll talk about that going forward. I pray today that you go take your eyes off you and put your eyes on him. The Bible says he's the, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the beginning and then the end of our faith. As long as I keep my eyes on him. As long as I'm willing to receive what he's willing to give me. See, if I go and do an exchange, I can't tell you, but my money's worth more. No, no. See, this is the beauty about the exchange. He took my sin, my shame, my rebellion. He took that to give us his righteousness. So he who knew no sin, and I'm jumping the gun here, became sin that I and you can become the righteousness of God. But let's read Hebrews 10, 11. This is talking about the priesthood. It says, and every priest stands ministering daily. And offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. This is referring to cows and bulls and goats and sheep, pigeons and parramatta eels. All right. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice, everyone say one sacrifice, for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies have made his footstool, for by one offering he has made perfect forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us for after he had said this before. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and into their minds and I will write them. And then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember He says, those who are being sanctified. Now, this is the problem. You come to Jesus. You have an encounter with the Lord. You give your life to Jesus. That's salvation. That's the beginning of salvation. You are saved by the blood. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's when God transforms your old nature into his nature. Can we say amen? But then there's the process of sanctification. Sanctification is exactly what we're trying to do here. Teach you to walk in his ways, to listen to his word, to fast and pray. See, fasting and praying doesn't make you sanctified. Sanctified means to be set apart for his glory. But sanctification, fasting and praying will bring me into a position to allow God to change me. See, there's a lot of... Gra I was going to say something else. Then, lucky I didn't, I didn't swear. You nearly got me. No, I'll go over here. It's better. <laughs> There's a lot of <clears throat> inside us that we carry. And I know the closer I get to Jesus every day, 20 years now, I see a, something inside me that's not very nice. I thought I dealt with that. I thought that, that stuff's gone out of my heart. Because he says here that he'll make a new covenant with us. But guess what this covenant is? That he goes and sheds his blood, transfers us from the kingdom of darkness into, into the kingdom of his dear son. And then he writes the laws on our heart. You don't need the law to tell you if you're sinning. 
He writes them on our heart and he writes them on our minds. What does the Bible say? Renew your mind. What's the Bible say? Change your heart. Everything is all about the heart and the mind. Why? That's your navigating system on this earth. Because what's happening here that he is saying week after week, month after month, year after year, the priests would do sacrifices. And they were, they were truths or uh, natural orders of God to show you a spiritual meaning. Everything in the Old Testament is the natural. What do I always say? Everything in the Old Testament conceals what the New Testament reveals. Lambs and goats and sheep could never. They would, you'd be forgiven by the sacrifice, but your conscience would never change. You would never change. But when Christ went to the cross, here we go. We have an exchange system. See, if you have a look at this cross, I love this picture because I found it. But I love this picture. All right. There's two things here. You've got a cross as a bridge. And then if that cross wasn't there, you'd fall down to the ditch, yeah? But that pole represents Jesus from heaven who comes to earth. Then he stretches out his arms and goes to Adam and goes to the future. And right in the middle, Jesus sat, suspended between heaven and earth on a cross to make a way when there was no way and sacrificed himself as a guilt offering. Come on, somebody. He didn't just do it just to, to, to fulfill some laws. He didn't just do it just to kick a box. He did it to remove everything that was against us. Everything that was written against us, he removed it and nailed it to a cross. Look what it says here. Galatians 3.13. We're talking about the guilt offering now. There's other offerings which I love to talk about and so it's, it's actually quite interesting. Then you'll start understanding some scriptures that they quote and you think, oh, that makes sense. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is anyone who hung, is hung on a tree. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, that, we, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, in Deuteronomy, get to Deuteronomy 21. Now, the word tree is referring to timber. In the Hebrew, if you cut a tree down, if it's alive, it's called a tree. If it's chopped down, it's still called a tree. Even when they make timber and make desk, they still call it a tree in Hebrew. That's why it says, curse anyone who hangs on a tree. But you have to understand in Deuteronomy, with all the laws that, that were given to Moses, it says here, if, if any man is committed a sin deserving of death, he is put to death and you hang him on a tree. Now, this is the Jew, now listen to this. This is the Jewish law the cross was a roman crucifixion you know in rome even roman citizens even how bad they were wouldn't get crucified crucifixion was only left for the most despicable deprived reprehensible people even if you're a roman and you're a murderer you you probably wouldn't make it to a cross but when jesus offered his body as a living sacrifice or a, a, a guilt offering sacrifice, or um, he, he offered off his soul. The soul represents your life. The Bible says life is in the blood. The blood is in the soul. So he gave up his life. He who loses his life will find it. The, the translation says soul, but it means life, your life. 
give up your life so you can receive his life. When Jesus gave up his life, he was hung on a tree. That's why Paul says in, 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 in Galatians, curses anyone who hangs on a tree. Every Jew knew at that day this could not be the Messiah because the lowest of the low get hung on a tree. The most reprehensible, the, the, the most treasonous sort of person gets hung on a tree. But Jesus, who had to fulfill the guilt offering, in other words, he had to pay for every single dirty sin foul that you that you can't forgive and I can't forgive, he had to become on that tree. That way, all the requirements of the law and all the accusations of the devil are no more. Because when the devil goes to accuse you, guess what? He sees Jesus. There's nothing that was left on that cross. Nothing. And yet we walk away with our guilt, our shame, and our condemnation because we don't believe what he's done. That's what I mean by not honoring what Jesus did on the cross. I'm not allowed to carry my sin once I've confessed it. It's against the law of the law of the law. The Bible says in, in, in Romans, it says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free. Not will set me free, has, present tense. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. See, there was two laws running, sin and death because of Adam, and there's the law of the spirit of life in Christ. But unless you're in Christ, you're still operating in sin and death. But when I got saved, and this is a pinnacle time of my life, when I saw him on the cross in a vision, and I saw and I said, Lord, I cannot serve you. I'm a, I'm a sinful man. And all I saw was his hands from the top down. And I saw a nail go through his hand and a piece of paper looked like a paper. I don't know what was on that paper, but I knew in my spirit it was every sin I've ever thought, committed, and wanted to do. And the minute the nail went through, bang, his hands went like that, and blood spurted, and it just disintegrated the paper. And all I heard was, I remember your sins no more. You're free. Who the sun sets free is? Why don't we believe it? Why are you walking in shame and guilt? Just like I said to my friend 10 years ago. Oh, I know all this stuff. So why are you the first one up for prayer every week? Why do you come up here every week and ask for prayer? Because you're not praying for anything new. You're praying for the same problem. So you've got to start believing what Christ says about you. Because you can go to church every week, you can be baptized, confirmed, and, 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 and filled with the Holy Spirit, and you can still walk in darkness. That's a sad place to be. Cursed is the one who hangs on a tree. The Bible says that the women were from afar, and the only one close to the cross was Mary because he was naked. His body looked like it had been shredded. It wasn't very pretty to look at. When Jesus hung on that cross. But what is your confession today? What do you confess? I've confessed my sin. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. What is your confession of faith today? What do you say about yourself? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? I look at the mirror and I see a good looking bloke, but, um, but I walk by faith. No, but what do you see, honestly? Because your eyes will tell you what's in your heart. Are you worthy? Are you loved? Because one of the things is he removes the guilt off you and he pours his love in you. They asked Mother Teresa a question. They went and saw what Mother Teresa was doing, feeding the, the kids and the homeless, and, and she was old by that time. And uh, is this me? Breathing weird? 
I think the rubber's gone to this one. And they asked her, one guy said to her, some person said to her, for, I wouldn't do, because where she lived in the slums of India and all that, I wouldn't do what you do for a million dollars. And she said to him, sir, I wouldn't do what I do for a million dollars. But for the love of my Lord, I do it. Woo! I was reading this story once about when the gladiators used to fight in Rome. This is after Jesus' time. They still had gladiators. They used to fight to the death. And there was a monk who lived in that region. And he came out in the middle of the um, arena and said, stop this. This is not of God. And they get out of the way, man, man of God. And, they, and so someone stabbed him and killed this man. And fear hit, even though they were heathens from hell, even though they were bloodthirsty heathens, we just killed the man of God. And apparently from that day, they never had any more fights. That man was willing to risk his life for the love of God to stop people. that They wanted to kill each other. And I can go story after story. Remember this story about in, um, it was in Vietnam. Vietnam or China, I can't remember exactly. And they all become believers in the village. And the love of God hit this village. And then they were warned, renounce this Jesus stuff. We're going to come, we're going to come tomorrow. And if you don't renounce this Jesus stuff, we're all going to shoot you. Comes 12 o'clock next day. They show up with their guns. They say, okay. And they didn't realize what was happening. In the village, all the men stood this way. All the women stood behind them. And all the kids stood behind them. And they just stood there. He goes, what's going on? He goes, we're not renouncing Jesus. Do what you have to do. All right. Ready, aim. And a little boy runs. One of the little kids runs in the wilderness. They go, go get him. He goes, and the father goes, hey, hey, that's my son. You don't have to get him. He calls his name. Kid comes back. As he's coming back, he says, son, we know where we're going. They don't. And they just shot him up. He killed them all. But that general could not get that out of his head when he said, what did he mean by they know where they're going and we don't? Because for the love of God, they were willing not to surrender. They held on to their confession. You see, a million dollars, you wouldn't kill yourself for a million dollars. But you do it for the love of the Father. Because if you understand what he's done for you, your life is no longer yours. You may never be asked to be martyred in this world. You may never be asked to be martyred. Because you know what? It's harder to live for Jesus than to die for him. Because the Bible says, be, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing unto God. You see, when I understand the great exchange, when I understand that he took my life for his life, then I have to walk in his life. Do I have some issues? Yeah. God's sanctifying me? Yeah. And this is the process of sanctification. To believe, to be obedient, and to serve. You can sit there every day of the week and listen to the gospel. Beautiful. But if there's no commitment to serve him, you're not activating what's inside you. Look at this. Romans 1.25. Let's go to 24, sorry. This is a little bit off the topic, but this is something that the Lord spoke to me. This is talking about, Paul's talking to the Roman church. He says, he therefore God also gave, before this, sorry, he was saying that these people uh, knew God, but didn't acknowledge him as God. And they turned to idolatry. And he goes on to say, after all this, they, look what he says. Therefore, God also gave them up to their uncleanness in the lust of their hearts. Here we go, heart again. What's rabbit been on for the last two years? Our hearts. It all starts in the heart. What happened? Five years, sorry. I've only been listening for two. All right. I'm joking. <laughs> lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. 
Next. Who exchanged the truth of God for, the, for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. See, when you start to worship yourself, when you start to take away from God, this is what's happening now in this world. You know, a man can give, a, uh, give birth and I want to be a woman and all these things that are going on. They're worshiping themselves, creation. What's happening? God turns them over and guess what happens? Because if you read further on, it says they had no thanksgiving in their heart. They didn't acknowledge God for who God was. They knew it was God, but they didn't acknowledge him. So God turns them over and guess what happens at the end? They exchanged the truth of God for a liar. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And we're meant to exchange our life for his. You can't get rid of it. You can't walk away from it. And it's amazing that if you look at, say, Old Testament, I was, Jacob. Jacob was anointed by God. But Jacob tried to do everything in his own strength and will. He deceived his father to get the blessing. He, Jacob's name means to be, it means deceiver. But Jacob got to a point in his life where he had to, he don't want the blessings of God. And he wrestled with, the Bible says that the Lord's angel or a man of the Lord, he wrestled with him. And finally, he said, I'm not leaving until you bless me. And he goes, go away. And he's wrestling God. He wasn't really wrestling God, let's be honest. But he is having a wrestle with God within him, in him, in himself. And the Bible says God pokes him in the hip and then he limped from that day on. But then because he did, they wouldn't let go of God. Even knew he was a deceiver. Even knew he lied about things. Even knew, even though God called him and anointed him, guess what? He tried to do it his way through the flesh. His name was Jacob, which means deceiver. But when after he wrestles with God, God blessed him. Look what he calls him. He calls him Israel. Changes his name. He exchanged his name from Jacob, a deceiver, to one who will wrestle with God and God will prevail. Israel means God will prevail. That's what it means. And from his name, Israel, guess what? He had sons, which was the 12 tribes of Israel, which would get the nation of Israel. And Jacob, if you read, read about his life, one minute he calls him Jacob, one minute he calls him Israel. What was he referring to? His old nature, his new nature. The old Jacob, the new Israel. You know, that's where God looks at us. He doesn't see us as the children of Adam anymore. He sees us as the children of God. But we walk as Adam. We're trying to redeem ourselves through the works of Adam. Adam is dead. Adam died on the cross. Tony died on the cross. Chris died on the cross. Janet died on the cross that day. Any man being Christ is a new creation. Start believing you're a new creation. The word creation means species. In other words, they've never seen that, this type of person, this type of species on the earth ever. Because I made my exchange. And when I understand that, I don't have to walk in any more guilt, in condemnation anymore. Why? Because of what he's did at the cross. Then you can start saying, I plead the blood of Jesus. You can plead the blood of Jesus all day long. But if you don't believe what he's done, all you're doing is pleading blood. It doesn't do nothing for you. Look what this says. Revelations 12, 11. I, didn't, I haven't given it to you, but you don't have to go there. But if you want to, can you, can you go there? We'll share this with you. And then Hebrews 3, 1 after that. In Revelations, it talks about overcoming Satan. And they overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the what? By the what? Of their? This is not your testimony that, oh, I got saved. That helps. That's good. But the testimony is about who? 
Who's the word? What's the word? Jesus. In the beginning was the, and the word was with, and the word was, he was with God in the beginning. Jesus became the word, the word of God, the rhema word, the Logos word has to come inside you. Because then when the devil comes at you, you can overcome him by the blood. Or you can say it this way, the anointing of the blood can only work on the word if you testify about him. He's not scared that you wear a cross on your show on your neck. Or you hold the Bible. He's only, he's, you overcome Satan by the work of the cross, by the blood of Jesus on the cross. And I testify. And you know what? You want to kill me, devil? Kill me. Because I love my life unto death. In other words, it doesn't matter if you kill me or not. It doesn't matter if I die or not. He's still the winner. We won the victory. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word. What was the rabbi sharing on Wednesday? About the Holy Spirit bringing the word in you. The word can only sit. The, the anointing can only sit on the word. That's why when the Lord spoke to me, you can walk in my gifts and not know me. Not knowing him is not knowing his word. Because I didn't know him through his word. I can have an experience of Jesus. I've had many. I can write a book on experiences. But if you understand his word and it's established in you, you no longer walk in condemnation and guilt. There's a difference between conviction and guilt. Guilt is in everything. I feel guilty. I feel guilty. But I'm trying to make it up. But conviction, when you do something wrong, you get convicted. You know you're wrong. Straight away, it pins the point. Then you come in repentance or you confess it to the Lord. Gone. Look at another one here. Hebrews 3 1. I just want you to see this. Sorry, guys, this is popped in my spirit. Hebrews 3 1 talks about Jesus being our high priest. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle talking about himself. And the high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. He's the high priest of our confession. What does that mean? What does that mean? In order to have a sacrifice, you need a priest. Jesus was our high priest and our sacrifice. Where was the altar? The cross. He shed his blood. He's the high priest of our confession. We have someone standing in the gap for us, even when we fall down, even when we struggle now. Guess what? My confession isn't I'm confessing my sin. He's, it's about my high priest. Someone said a funny joke to me yesterday. He said something to me, this kid, and he says, ah, he says, I just cursed you. Like he was being silly. About, I don't know what, even what he said. He's like, I just cursed you. I said, brother, you can't curse me. He says, that's right, because the blood of Jesus, eh? <laughs> I said, you cannot curse me. You cannot curse what God's blessed. But if I want to accept it, guess what? I'm under a curse. You can't curse me. You see, there's a difference between knowing who you are and being arrogant about who you are. See, a funny story. You read these uh, two girls in our old Bible studies. And they were awesome girls that got saved and God was moving through them in ministry. They were casting out devils. And one day they thought, you know what? Let's go for a drive and let's just stir up the spirit realm. So they got in the drive, went to Bondi. And went to every clairvoyant. They used to have like clairvoyants in Bondi and tents. And they used to go in there and they thought they were going to take on all principalities and power. After the second tent, they got run out spiritually. They passed out in the car. One had a headache. And they were just absolutely got bashed up by the devil. And they came and shared that with us. I said, so you walked in there with arrogance, not with faith. You walked in there with being a show-off and not in love. Yeah, you can cast out devils. God doesn't work in your arrogance. God works through love. 
And they learned a big lesson. They're going into clairvoyance and they're stirring them up about Jesus and that, but they were going there just to start a fire. The anointing's not for that. The anointing doesn't, the anointing's not given to you to prove you right. Let's put it that way. There was a minister in, in South Africa. He had a healing ministry. And people were getting healed. So one day he challenged the cameras to come. I want all the cameras to come and see what God's doing. And they go, I mean, I don't think this is right. No, it's right. God wants to show all the cameras came, not one person got healed in that whole meeting. He got mocked through the whole of South Africa. He cried his heart out after and repented because he was putting on a show. God doesn't work. Remember when they asked Jesus, show us a sign? He goes, only a perverse generation looks for a sign. But then later on he says, if you don't believe me, believe in the works that I do. So he's saying, believe in the miracles that I'm doing. Where do they come from? From my father, through me. But here, when they challenged him on a sign, he says, I'm not going to have to challenge. See, Jesus didn't have to prove himself to anyone. He says, you're a perverse generation who asks for a sign. Then later on, he says, but believe in the works that I do. Can you get the picture? God is for miracles. God is for uh, supernatural events. But he works in love. Doesn't work in, 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 in pride and arrogance. Does that make sense or not? Let's go to 1 Peter 2.24. I want to share this with you. So... We read it, Deuteronomy says that if you're guilty of uh, a crime worthy of death, they put you on a tree. The Bible says, curse is anyone who hangs on a tree. This is the great exchange. If you believe you're under a curse right now, listen to me. Everyone look at me. If you believe you're under a curse right now, curse is the one who hangs on a tree. If you have your faith in Jesus Christ, the curse can be broken off you because of what he did at the cross. Does that mean that devils don't attack you now? Of course, there's covenants that you make. And these are the other offerings we'll talk about. But right now, stop searching for deliverance when deliverance is at the cross. And then when you come for prayer, when, you, when you're in your prayer life, ask the Lord to re renew your mind so you stop believing the lie and the fear. Oh, but I think God's doing something here. I think the devil's doing something there. I go, no, no, no. You don't accept the truth. You know, the more you believe the truth, the more if there's something, if, 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 if something's on the, in your heart will get exposed. How do you expose darkness, people? How do I expose darkness? How do I expose darkness, wall? I might as well talk to the wall. How do you expose dark? All right, how do you get rid of darkness? With what? With light. Read the word of God. Let the light of gospel shine inside you. Let him illuminate what's wrong with you. Let it bring you to the light. And don't be scared because the worst thing about people, and I've seen this, God works in your life and he gets deeper into your world. He starts touching things in your world. When he touches the nerve in you or somewhere in your heart, you don't want him to touch. Guess what? You leave. Find a new church because we're no good. Find a new ministry. Or you make 150 excuses why you can't do what God asked you to do. But let him go through the process in your life. Trust me. Even years ago, we're trying to cast out devils and it was the flesh. And then we're trying to re reconcile the flesh and it was the devil. But you have to discern what the Holy Spirit wants. But the word of God will illuminate that in your life. The anointing of God will come in your life. And that way, we are just now serving what the Spirit is doing, not what we wanted to do. Say, I'm free. This is good news, I promise. Say, I'm free. 1 Peter, what did I say? Who himself bore our sins 
in his own body on the tree. There you go. We've got a tree again. That we have, that we having died to sins might like live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. It's a big thing to a Jew when someone hangs on a tree, hangs on a cross, hangs on a timber. I want to read this, Isaiah 53, just 4 and 5 in the Amplified. Not only we are guilty, listen to me, not only that we were guilty, it's one thing to be found guilty, another thing to pay a punishment for that guilt. We were found guilty and punished for that guilt for eternal damnation. Jesus goes to the cross, and look what it says. But in fact, he was has bore our griefs and has carried our sorrows and our pains. Yet we ignorantly assumed that he was stricken, struck down by God and degraded and humiliated by him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him and by his stripes wounds we are healed. There's a punishment with guilt. We think, oh, I'm a sinner, I'm guilty. Well, hang on. There's a punishment that goes with it. The Bible says the wages of sin is we're under condemnation of death. Remember the fan? We've been under condemnation since Adam. But Jesus took the punishment. Not only did he take on our sin, not only did he become me and you, he took the punishment of that sin, of that guilt. Are you with me? And he was cursed. And he was stripped naked on the cross. And we'll talk about that, the other, that part later. And he goes, and by his wounds, we are healed. Can someone say amen there? Because the curse of sickness and disease came from Adam. It wasn't from God. It's from the Adam species, from the Adam race, from this world. He has overcome the world. He starts seeing a picture. Jesus is saying, come up to a higher level with me. In the spirit, he says, you are now sons, not when you get to heaven. You are now seated in heavenly places, not when you die. Now you're seated in heavenly places. My spirit is connected to God 24-7 if you're born by and washed by the blood. If you're not and you're just like Jesus, that's great. You like him. Well, I believe in Jesus. You yeah, said the devils and they tremble. He has taken the guilt. If we can't get past that bit, the condemnation bit, the guilt bit, the shame bit, I'm not worthy bit, you cannot move any further. Listen to me. I don't care who prays for you. If you don't accept the fact that he's exchanged, he's taken my life and I've taken his life, now I'm going to be honored to him. I'm going to walk in the freedom of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's like I said, the funny joke, I'll curse you. You can't curse me. Because of the blood. I'm a son. My, my spirit is of her. Hallelujah. I stand firm in what I my confession. I say, Jesus, I should have said to him, Jesus is the confession of my high faith that my high priest stood in the gap for me. I should have said, I overcome you, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb. My, my little niece over there when she was a kid, she was in kindergarten and someone had a go at her. She goes, I rebuke you, Satan. I won't mention her name, money. She just got saved with us all and, you know. She looked at the kid. The kid's still counselling today. But hey, I love that faith because childlike faith says, no, devil, you're not touching me. But you know what? Because I'm covered by the blood. Because I am a new creation in Christ. I'm a different person. We can go through the Bible. Paul became, Saul became Paul. 
Simon Peter, uh, Simon became Peter. We can go through the whole scripture. Joseph became a, a dreamer in a cell, the second in charge of the right hand of Pharaoh. God doesn't leave you the way you are. God wants to, he loves you the way you are. He loves you too much to keep you the way you are. But you have to receive it. You have to start believing it. You have to understand, okay, why should I believe this? Let's have a look at what Jesus did on the cross. Because if Jesus doesn't rise from the dead, we're the most pitiful of all humans, Paul says. We are wasting our time. But we know he rose from the dead, amen? We have the Holy Spirit that testifies. The Bible says, our spirit testifies with the Spirit of God because he lives in us. Now he lives in us, not tomorrow. Now. And the great exchange is that he changed our value. Just like I changed my dollar value. Just like, guess what? He took my value. Because you were valuable to him. But you were broken. Guess what he did? He took our brokenness and gave us his righteousness. And I accept that. I believe that. That's who I am. That's who you are. When he said on the cross, it is finished. It is finished. There's a word in Greek. It's just one word. Where's Tammy? It's like, Tammy, it's like Tammy doesn't even speak Greek anymore. But it's like on the cross, I think it's talisio, which means, doesn't just say finished, it says perfectly perfect or completely complete or absolutely finished. That's what the, the verb says. It is perfect, done. Just like when Moses said to God, what's your name? He goes, I am. Sorry? I am who I am. Jesus said, I am. For Abraham, I am. I don't have to. What, what's your name? I am who I am. Jesus said, finished. Finished, which means done. Nothing left to do. All over. Complete. What is, what's complete? That everything against us, every accusation against us was removed from us. That we can be who God called us to be. It's up to you to believe. Can we stand? Do we believe? By his death on the cross, Jesus exchanged an unholy nature for his holy nature and reconciled us to God. An unholy nature. I mean, I often learned, I no longer confess that I'm a sinner saved by grace. What do you mean? Of course you are. Yeah, I know. But that's not my confession. Yeah, but tell me, we, but we, we fall every day. I know. But that's not my confession. Yeah, but Tony, we're just human. I know, but that's not my confession. What do you mean? Because I never longer, no more did I say I'm a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner saved by grace. But right now, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's your confession. Stop confessing Romans 7 where it says, the things I don't want to do, I do, and the things I don't want to do, and use an excuse to sin. I confess, but the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. There's a greater law than sin and death. There's the law in Christ. I'm in that law. I'm in that abundant grace. That's my confession. That's my confession. That's not arrogance. That's what the word says. Jesus says, when I come back, will I find faith? You know, you know what he means by that? Will I find people that actually believe what I have done for them? 
Isn't that a sad thing when he comes back? Because when I return, will I find faith? Will I find people that I died for and gave them my spirit for that are still believing, still living? Because when the pressure comes, the Bible says even the elect might be deceived in those last days. But he says, when I return, will I find faith? Not all that call me Lord, Lord, depart from me. I never knew you. But you know him because he lives in you. John says it this way. Light has come into the world and the light lives in you. Change your confession because your confession determines what's in your heart. The Bible says, he who believes from his heart and confesses from his mouth. I don't have to sit with someone five minutes to know what's in your heart. But today is the day of your salvation. Today is the start of coming into a new dimension with God so he can sanctify you through the washing of the word. Here we go again, the word. I'm all for a move of the spirit. I want to see God move. He's going to move, amen. He's going to move. He has been moving. What are you established in? Genealogies? What this preacher said on YouTube? What you've been through 20 years ago? I get it. We've got scars in our soul. Let him heal the scars. And the only way you heal the scars, if you step into his presence. The word became flesh. And isn't it interesting? I'll share this nugget with you. They say, curse it, anyone hangs on a tree. But why? You read the scripture, there's all, there's all these uh, scriptures about the tree of righteousness. And there's a tree and tree and tree. You know, trees are planted in the house of God will flourish and the rivers of living water will flow to the tree and it will grow and bear fruit. Isn't it interesting from a Jewish perspective that the curse of man, the they call it the covenantal curse. It's like a, a curse that when God said to Adam and made a covenant with Adam in the garden, he broke covenant. What did he do? He says, don't touch that tree. And don't eat off that tree. Isn't it interesting that as soon as they saw the tree and the enemy deceived them, they partook of the tree, the fruit of that tree. True? And then they partook of the tree by eating the fruit. And then they became, their eyes opened and sin entered. True? Isn't it amazing that Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus hung on a tree and became that curse. So when we partake of him, we reverse the curse. We partake of his divine nature. When we have communion, guess what? When, when Eve said to, to Adam, take and eat, curse. When Jesus says take and eat, blessings. What a reverse of the, what a great exchange. He hung on a tree and became a curse. And any man come to him and partake of him just like eating. That's what he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. You'll have life. You won't have a curse. You'll have life. Amen? Hallelujah. It'd be remiss of me if I don't ask because I don't know everyone here. Have you actually surrendered your life to the Lord? Have you actually stepped out in faith and gave your life to Jesus? And that's an opportunity for you today. I'd love to pray for you or in your seat. But it's between you and God, not between me and you. But can I ask you a question? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you made that exchange? Or have you just gone to the front door of the exchange and walked away? Have you gone to the cross, nailed your sin on the cross and took it home with you? 
Because it doesn't, nothing changes unless you exchange it and accept the value of what he's done for you. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's time to give your life to him. No, 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 not just say a prayer and just come up on an altar. No, no, give your life to him. Time to give your life to him. Because the Bible says, today is the day of your salvation. He stands on the door and he knocks. What a great offer that he's done it all, that you can receive the blessing. All you have to do is bow your knee. He says, hey, whoever denies me in front of men, I'll deny him in front of my Father in heaven. He, does, he can deny you if you deny him. But those who confess me before men, I'll confess them in front of my Father in heaven. Can I say he loves you? Stop living the life and you want God to bless a lifestyle that God doesn't want you to bless. He can't bless sin. He can't bless disobedience. He can't bless dishonor. He only blesses righteousness through his son. He who has the son has life. So, Father, I thank you for everyone tonight. I thank you, Father, that they can get a grasp of your love tonight, that their hearts can be changed, that they can take off the old man and put on the new man. They can go from Jacob to Israel. They can go from Saul to Paul. They can go from Simon to Peter. They can go from death to life. They go from the law to grace. Go from a confession of sinner to a confession of a saint. Because Christ has paid the ultimate penalty. It is according to your faith, he says. According to your faith. What do you actually believe? But today's the day of your salvation. The Bible says that any man comes to Jesus, he'll never put to shame. Repent of your sins and accept the kingdom of God. Hell is knocking on your door if you don't know Jesus. I can't change it any other way. There's no political correctness here. If you die without Jesus, you're going to hell. Not because he sent you there, because you chose to go there. But today's the day. He's extending his love to you. All the way from 2,000 years ago, he had his hand out and says, Come, those who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Let me remove that guilt off your life. Let me, let me wash you. Let me wash those stains that the devil keeps reminding you of. Let me wash you. Let me, let me encompass you with my love. Let me wash you with the blood and let me look at you and see you through the eyes of Jesus. That's who he is. But I'll guarantee you my mistakes are greater than yours. But he doesn't remember them no more. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord, just right where you are. You can come up here. You can stay there, whatever you want. You're not coming to me. But give your life to Jesus. Cry out to him. Cry out to him. Say, Lord, help me. I need your help. I know Jesus died for me. I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I bow before the cross and I thank you for what you did for me. Don't push me away, Lord, because your word says, when the Son of Man be lifted up, he'll draw people unto him. Jesus is waiting for you. God sent his son to seek and save the lost. God the Father is waiting for all his children to come home. Today is the day you come home. Come and see him. Come and be filled with him. Not going to filled with religion. Come and get filled with faith, with hope, with love, with power of the Holy Ghost. Today is the day. He paid the guilt offering. He, paid, he, he laid his soul down as a bear, as a guilt offering for us. An innocent man died for me and you, that we can be free. So thank you, Father, for anyone here today. 
that needs your help. You know every person. And we thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for your love and mercy right now. People that are struggling in certain areas of the that you would shine your light upon that area. That you'd empower them by your grace. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the great exchange. No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. And we pray for your wonderful mercy. We love you, Jesus. Now walk out here without him. He loves you. He loves you.